Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. You only have one life. Why would you ever spend it on something you don't enjoy doing that you're not good at and something people don't care about? So you have to find out first, what does a good life mean? And it's actually a very difficult question for even mm. people who have been around for a long time yeah. because we're not used to ask ourselves this. And then you have to define what I think your core values. What are the four things that matters most to you? I, I can mention mine if that's helpful. Family matters a lot to me. I really want to spend time with my kids. Family. I need my freedom, Jürgen. I, you know, freedom matters everything. And financial security means a lot. I like to be paid for what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is something that people should be willing to pay for. And then, in many ways, I also want to have more fun. Fun matters. Like, I want to mm. have a good laugh. I think if I've laughed, it's been a great day. And so... Those values, the four values are important. But then there's also the F for fitness. I need to exercise. I cannot have a job where I, where I don't protect my assets. And, and for that comes my fitness health. So those are the four plus one core values that matters a lot to me. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest today, Solema Gurani. She's the co-founder of Happio, a virtual meeting and online collaboration software. Solema was appointed a young global leader by the World Economic Forum. In 2019, she received the Ideas into Practice Award from Thinkers50, followed by a Radar 30 Award from the organization in 2020. She has also been named the Entrepreneur of the Year judge and has served as a TED mentor. She's a frequent motivational keynote speaker at major conferences and has co-authored several best-selling books on how to succeed in life, in life design and the future of work. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, the InnovaBuzz podcast, then go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift that my team and I made for you, a short audio book that walks you through every single step of the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. In our conversation today, Solema talked to me about the future of work and 
a new way of working. We talked about finding clarity of purpose and values in our lives. And we talked about what we can all do to bring happiness into our life. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Solaima Gurani. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from Anovabiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the Anovabiz podcast today from Palo Alto in California, the USA, Solaima Gurani, who's the co founder of Happio and she constructed that as a virtual meeting and online collaboration software. So looking forward to hear all about that. So welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Salema. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Oh, thank you, Jürgen. Thank you so much. It's, a, it's an honor being here. And congratulations on your success. Your podcast is highly rated, very much loved. So <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to be here. Thanks very much. And we just published this week, actually, our 500th episode. Um, there's, there's a series of panel discussions for episode 500, and the first one was published two days ago. Now, Neil Sperling, he was, he was our guest on another milestone episode, episode 200 of the Innova Buzz podcast, and he introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation with you on the podcast. So big hello to Neil. Salome, you also are a frequent speaker at major conferences. You've authored several best-selling books on how to succeed in life, on life design, and on the future of work. So all topics I'm really curious to dig into further. But before we do that, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Um, I would like to think that I'm improving people's life quality. Um, I used to work in very big enterprises myself, Hewlett Packard, Hewlett Packard Microsoft, Maersk Data, like huge enterprises. And you, can, you know, a few years ago, I, I was so busy and so stressed, I started losing my hair. And mm -hmm. one afternoon, I couldn't even find my way home, even though that I drive the same route every day for work. And I was picked up by the ambulance twice at home. Wow. And I remember that the doctor said, if I see you here a third time, we really need to talk. You know, this, this, you're young, you're healthy, but this is not good for you. I realized I didn't know anything about stress. I had no idea that I, I mean, I knew it existed, but you know, Jürgen, I'm on top of things. I'm strong. I'm resilient. I'm smart, but I didn't know that I was stressed. And so I slowly had to recover. I had to figure out new ways to work. And a big part of that was to find out how, what is the most important thing for me to do to reach my goals and, and be my best. So fast forward, I moved to California, the pandemic hits, and immediately I think this is the time. This is, this is a moment of time. You know, we're all online. That's amazing. All meetings are online. We can do something about that. And as we, you know, realized that more and more people were actually burning out of all those meetings, we realized we need to launch software. So the last six, seven months, I've worked really closely with some of the biggest enterprises in the world, companies with everything from 10,000 to 400,000 employees, trying to figure out what are the most critical things that are, you know, most, most toxic in meetings. And we identified seven things, seven things that could be fixed by software and technology. So we're building that software right now. So I like to think 
I hope that when Happio launch publicly, that my legacy will be that I save people, hopefully four hours a week that they can use or spend on more work or exercising or cooking or whatever they like to do. But I think we can optimize the way we work much more. The way we work now is relatively new, right? We haven't done this mm. for a very long time. So there's still much to learn in software. I love software. Software is, <laughs> can make life ha you know, funnier, safer, faster, everything. So I'm an optimist. I love technology. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And that's what mm. I'm hoping is going to be my impact. Wonderful. Well, there's a lot, lot to unpack there. I want to come back to when you found yourself suffering those symptoms and clearly um, then that identified as stress. In hindsight, were there some early warnings of mm -hmm. that that perhaps we can learn from and avoid getting so far down that road today? Oh, you have so many. And, you know, first and foremost, I owned, I, I'm actually surprised that I am as a well-educated woman didn't know more about stress, right? I, I just didn't know anything about it. Even though that at some point I was responsible for 45 people, I really didn't know much about detecting early signs of burnout. And strong people, smart people, unfortunately, those who are mostly stressed actually don't talk too much about it. I mean, I hope it's changed because now mental well-being is being highlighted. It's no longer embarrassing, I hope. It's something we have to talk about because the pandemic really challenged most people's mental well-being. Mm. So hopefully that's, a, you know, a revolution going on right now. But back then it was certainly something you didn't talk about because you didn't want to come across as, as weak or, I don't know, um, the, the early signals were many. I, I'm just surprised I didn't listen. First and foremost, I started isolating myself, you know. I stopped being social, stopped liking, wanting to go to dinners or having guests over. I worked more and more. Um, my quality of work went dramatically down. I made more mistakes like emails, my spellings. I was forgetful. I forgot names, faces, forgot decisions. Almost like, I think, an early stage Alzheimer's. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but it felt definitely. But I thought, you know, just work more, just push more. And when I couldn't find my way back from work in my car, a route that I've been driving <laughs> so many times for years, I realized that this is maybe not a good thing. But even then, I didn't react. I mean, how awful is that? I was losing my temper, crying more, impatient, more more arguments at home. Yeah, yeah. I gained weight, slept bad, all these kind of things. And I can't stop smiling and laughing a little bit and find myself silly because <laughs> how can I do this to myself? But I think, I don't think, Jürgen, that I'm by all means any special or crazy. Mm. Millions of people, as we sit here and speak, they know that they're pushing themselves too hard in the wrong direction. But we don't know what to do about it because we're so overwhelmed that we don't even know how to take off time to rest or, I don't know. It's just weird. But 
this is back in 2007, right? And I was doing my MBA. I was graduating my MBA. Of course, I threw in an MBA on top of everything, right, Jürgen? Mm. <laughs> so I spent two yeah. years while I was so stressed doing my MBA. It was so crazy. My dad died. It was just everything at once. Then I became pregnant, had my first baby, and it hit me in the face, you know? And so I sat down and said, you know, I cannot do this. But on the other hand, at that point, I was the breadwinner. I, I, I couldn't just, you know, give up or take a sick leave or whatever. So I decided to become an entrepreneur, solopreneur more likely, and just um, start speaking. I wrote my first book about how to take control over your work life. Basically, therapy for myself. <laughs> and it became a bestseller, surprisingly a bestseller. And what I didn't know was that I actually, um, somehow I became a role model uh, for speaking out on stress and mental well-being and, and these kind of things. And then that moment I realized, oh my goodness, maybe, maybe my destiny is to just be me and just talk about how I feel about things so that other people feel safe to do the same. And then fast forward, you know, it, 2,000 talks later in 40 countries, I'm sitting here with you speaking, building software, addressing exactly this problem. Hmm. Fascinating. It's, um, it's interesting. I mean, I've never had the experience of losing my way when driving home on, on a daily commute, but I have had the experience, and I'm, I'm wondering whether that's a sign. I have had the experience where I'm driving on a route that I know really well and about 10 or 15 minutes afterwards I kind of take notice of where I am and I think to myself, how did I get here? I don't remember registering anything in the external environment since I left home or work to here. And to me, that that's pretty scary when, when I realize that I've been so zoned out that I've basically, it's almost like having teleported. I don't know if that's a si early sign of stress, but I can tell you that I have that often, still. <laughs> um, I like to hike, Jürgen, because, you know, as you know, I live in California. We have amazing mountains. Sometimes... I can return from a walk, a one hour, one hour and a half hike, and not really remembering <laughs> walking the hike. I like to think it's because sometimes I'm too much in my head hmm. and I'm not fully present. I will also disclose with you what I did to feel better. I wrote down my values. What kind of life do I want to live? What are the ground rules for me for having a good life? How should my life feel like? And then I started doing very simple things, and I do this to this very day. I don't want to come across as like very alternative, but breathing, take a deep breath mm. more often throughout the day helps me be present. And then I try not to worry, because one of the things with stress I feel is like I just go down a rabbit hole in my thinking. So I can't get out of that spir spir spiral of, I don't know, concern and worries and whatnot. 
And then physically, I take better care of myself. I sleep. I really try to sleep my seven, eight hours every night. I, I've always eaten healthy and exercised. But even when I was so stressed, I didn't miss any days not exercising. I've exercised all my life. But I pushed myself. You know, I would run 15K, push myself. I don't do that anymore. If, if I feel like I should rest or meditate or do yoga instead, I do that. So instead of fighting my myself, I, w- I collaborate, collaborate with myself. So I think I'm in a much more healthy state. I actually don't think. I actually honestly think, Jürgen, I can never be that stressed again. It's impossible. I push the brakes much, much more before that. So mm. the good thing is I now know where my boundaries are and I hopefully will never get out there again. It was so scary. And to be fully transparent, it took me years and years and years to recover. I actually only think I fully recovered after 10 years. It took me that long to fully recover, to trust myself and not feel out of control or anxious about getting back to the same state of mind. Hmm. That's interesting. One of the things you said there, I think, is a great metaphor for pushing ourselves too hard in in life, in work, in in all areas. And it's the idea of um, exercise and and you have to go at full exertion every day to get the maximum benefit. And that is so wrong. And it's something that I it took me a long time to learn. And you know, most people who are in the exercise game and scientific studies and so on say that the rest is probably the most important part of an exercise routine. I mean, you need the consistency of doing whatever exercise it is, but the rest in between to recover, to allow the muscles to recover, to allow the respiratory system to recover and everything is is so important. And I think that's a great metaphor for everything in life. I mean, I, I exercise quite hard because I also like to bike and we have some pretty good hills around here. And, you know, I like to go hard and fast and all that. I'm relatively competitive. But I've also gotten to a point now when I return from a four-hour bike ride, steep climbing, I feel it in my, in my, ner- in my nerve, like in my, in my system, right? I, I feel it and I, I almost have like a little bit of anxiety in my body afterwards. And that is... I realize when you push yourself as an athlete or whatever, you have a physical reaction. So now I understand that you can't do that two days in a row. Then you should do something else the next day. I'm also a former, you know, extreme runner. I did a few triathlons, ultra runs and whatnot. So I am an overachiever by heart. And I, it, I, this might be funny, but you know what my life les- lesson is? My life lesson in life is just relax and enjoy life and take one day at a time. That is my life lesson mm. and it's so hard. Mm. So hard. Yeah. It's make yeah, myself comfortable. Present. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. So that's, um, so tell us a little bit more then about steps that anyone can take to design their life, which is using mm. your terminology. Mm. I think there has never been a better time. I mean, people are resigning their jobs, you know, pretty much everywhere right now. And it's a direct consequence of the pandemic that people have realized, oh, I don't have to commute to work two hours every day, or I don't have to be in the office 11 hours a day, or work with these people, or, oh gosh, I could have a better life balance, or 
A lot of folks who work from home absolutely hated it, and it didn't work for them. Empty nesters, um, singles have had a hard time, really a hard time, because they were home, right? With maybe not as many obligations besides walking the dog, right? So, and otherwise they've been sitting pretty much alone. For them, the pandemic has been very hard. Those for families like myself, I've enjoyed two years of time with my family and my kids, and I've gotten really close with them. I wonder if my dog could even be alone anymore <laughs> if we left. Um, so I am, like a lot of other people, I really realized, gosh, no, I'm never going to travel again three, four days a week. Hmm. I was barely home. I missed pretty much four years of my kids' upbringing because I was never home. And I'm not going to back, go back to that. So I think the way we work have changed forever, but it also changed the way we socialize and the way we want to live our lives. So what can you do? If the pandemic or whatever, if you are in a situation where you would like to rethink the way you work, you must first ask yourself, what is the right, what, it, what would be the preferred lifestyle? Like, how would I like to live my life? And first, you have to make a relatively rational assessment. You, don't, you, cannot, con, you cannot compare yourself with your neighbor or your friends. You have to think about what is the right lifestyle for me. It is so easy to be caught up with, you know, a very successful neighbor of yours. And then you also want to have that car, go to that vacation. Lots of people live lives that are not at all, by all means, not at all authentic with who they are. If you want to work more, be more successful, what, what, what is success for you, right? For some people, successful means working part-time, have time to be present in the community and help, and be more with the kids. For other people, being successful means being the CEO of a listed company. It's really individual. So first you have to define for yourself what is a good life. What does a good life mean for you? And I truly honestly think you only have one life. Why would you ever spend it on something you don't enjoy doing that you're not good at? you know, and something people don't care about. So you have to find out first, what, is, what does a good life mean? And it's actually a very difficult question for even mm. people who have been around for a long time. Yeah. Because we're not used to ask ourselves this. And then you have to define what I think your core values. What are the four things that matters most to you? I, I can mention mine if that's helpful. Family matters a lot to me. I really want to spend time with my kids. Family, I need my freedom, Jürgen. I, you know, freedom matters everything. And um, financial security means a lot. Like I like to be paid for what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is something that people should be willing to pay for. And then in many ways, I also want to have more fun. Fun, is, fun matters. Like I want to hmm. have a good laugh. I think if I've laughed, it's been a great day. And so those values, the four values are important. But then there's also the F for fitness. I need to exercise. I cannot have a job where I, where I don't protect my assets and, and for that comes my fitness health. So those are the four plus one core values that matters a lot to me. And what I do is I actually just write them down and then I rate one to five. And every time something happens in my life, it can be an opportunity, a job, a trip, whatever. I simply just rate it one to five on each values. What is this going to do with my family? How, what is that going to do to my economic situation? What is, is this fun? Um, is this something where I can keep my freedom or am I selling my freedom? That is my most important, um, you know, value and so forth. So I can make decision pretty clearly, pretty fast, pretty rational. 
So I seldom have to regret things because when I say yes or no to something, I have already figured the trade-off out, right? And sometimes mm. I do things that are not fun, that are not great for the family, that does hinder my freedom a little bit, but the long-term value might be good. So I think you have to analyze who you are. You have to figure out what is a what does your perfect design look like? Do you even know what you want? Have you ever seen anyone living a life you wouldn't want? And then you should start implementing, making decisions, making investments. And when I say investments, it's never been easier to study, read, learn from home. So mm. budget is not even right, a problem yeah. anymore, right? Mm. And then you have to implement it and do it and have the courage to actually stick with it. That's the easy, quick answer for how you design <laughs> your life. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that, I mean, I love the clarity that these um, values exercises really brings to people and, and looking at, um, we, we do one that's called an ideal day exercise and it is really hard to ask yourself, you know, what does success look like or what if I, if everything was up to me to choose, nothing was off the table, there was nobody going to say no to anything, what, what would I do today? How would my ideal day look like from the moment I woke up to the moment I go to sleep tonight? And that exercise brings so much clarity when you spend time doing that. And I revisit it quite often and then look at, well, was today, how close was today? <laughs> it's important, you know, because, you know, I don't know about you, Jürgen, but times fly, you know. I mean, mm. I think, you know, oh, gosh, it's almost, you know, summer already, right? That's how I feel. And it was just Christmas, and so things, times really fly. And um, I also believe that you can only have one, maybe two big goals a year, you know. And if you are married or live in a family or have a spouse or a partner, whatever, I think we deserve to align those things with one another. And I've been together with my spouse for 25 years, actually more closely to 26 years now. And um, we succeeded. We're very different, very different night and day. We succeeded this marriage because we align what matters to us. We agree on what is a good life and we grow both of us, right? We learn and build businesses. We travel. We do stuff that could easily tear us apart. But because we already always revisit and, you know, get, get on paper, what is the one, two things you want to accomplish this year? It also makes it easier to budget, structure, align. And, um, yeah, and, and, it, and the good thing about it is I, I think we're teaching our kids to do the same hmm. because you cannot be everything to everyone and you cannot do everything perfect. You have to prioritize. And, for instance, our kids go to school in California, Palo Alto, super competitive. My biggest, I, I guess, as a parent here is to take off responsibility for the kids and take off pressure, not put more on them. So we sometimes even argue with them how... How can we get you away from the homework? How, 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 you want to go for an ice cream or something? No, I, I, I say this because I'm, it matters. Because in the end of the day, if you have a good life, if you are happy, hmm. there's nothing you cannot achieve in life. And people get attracted to your energy. You're simply a more beautiful person to be around if you have a good energy. So it matters. I'm not saying you can fake your way through life just by being an awesome person. But I'm saying if you're not happy, then it doesn't matter. I, I, you know, I met with a person recently. He has a great job. He's so successful. And he said, but I feel miserable. 
And I take chances. I do stupid stuff because I don't care about my life. And he is so successful. It makes you stop and wonder, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's... I, I was speaking to somebody a little while ago and they had a similar philosophy of or, or similar values to what you described earlier, but they had a very simple, simple um, two-step analysis of making a decision about will I do this or not? And it's, does this serve my community? So he has a big community where he um, does training programs and helps them. Does this serve my community and my business? Does it bring me joy? So two questions. And if either one were a no, he would usually say no. I'm not going to do it. You know, it's either a hell yes or hell no. You know, that that's <laughs> yeah. ideally that's ideally where we should be, you know, and but it takes courage to say no. No to people, no to stuff, you know. I sometimes feel like a magnet. Every I feel like work gets attached to me, like, can you do this? Can you do this? <laughs> and I sometimes I just drop the ball and don't do it. And that feels amazing. <laughs> and um but yeah, it's tough, you know. In the end of the day, it's really about living a good life that you're proud of, that you that you want to be in, right? And life quality matters a lot. I mean, as you know, Jürgen, I'm half Moroccan and half Danish. And this is my Danish part speaking. We're so happy. You know, it's the happiest nation in the world. Life quality matters. When my kids get home from school, the first thing I ask them is, did you have fun? Who did you laugh with? What happened? I don't talk about grades or homework or i actually even don't even open the report card when they get it it gets email that's it gets mailed here at least in california it gets mailed by with the post and i don't open it i leave it in the room and they can open it and then they can share it with me or they don't you know it's it's up to them they usually come and share but they have the experience of opening it it's my life this is a report card of my effort and they sometimes come up and they're super proud because they worked hard for something hmm. So, you know. Yes, building their own motivation and owning their own success. Good lesson. I mean, I dropped out of school when I was in seventh grade first time, right? So I don't know if I'm a role model in that, in, in that regard, but I think we should remember that if you feel empowered, then you learn better at school. And anyway, I think we should have more fun. I think fun matters. But it's not like I think that life should be like a Tivoli and laugh your way through. I don't think life is fun every day, but at least life should be enjoyable. And don't get me wrong, enjoyable doesn't mean that I go to Bahamas or have a big car or anything. I don't. I don't even remember when I was on a vacation last time and I, I don't have a big car. But it could be simply something silly as buying yourself a good tea or buying yourself a good moisturizer that smells nice and you enjoy small things. And these things are so easy to do, it doesn't... Doesn't you don't have to have a put in a big budget for that? Most mm. Americans at least struggle. I think a lot of people are living for minimum wage, you know. So I don't speak the rich people's language. I speak random people's language here, because what happens when you start nurturing yourself and taking care of yourself and protecting yourself is that you have more energy, and your energy becomes better when you walk into a room. That even being a virtual room, you leave something great behind, and people will remem remember you. And they will, you know, start working with you or recommend you or hire you or whatever. So it matters. Hmm. 
Yes, it's, everything comes together, doesn't it? Everything's connected. All right, well, let's talk about the future of work. You mentioned earlier that um, the pandemic's kind of forced us to change in a big way. Some people have embraced it. Some people have found it really difficult transition. Um, I certainly know from my experience, um, in my corporate career, I was traveling a lot and I was also in global teams. So time zone was an issue and we would have midnight to 2 a.m. teleconferences in my time zone with people all around the world or um, there might be travel when I'd arrive after an overnight flight from somewhere early in the morning. So I actually got used to an arrangement where I would work from home and I was flexible in my hours simply by the nature of of the work and having to be available at midnight, for example, for a two-hour teleconference. So that meant I wasn't going to be in the office at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. the next morning. I, I may be in the office or I may work from home. Uh, as a result, over many years, I've kind of developed the disciplines and the structures and built systems around my personal space that um, I was quite comfortable with. And when I started my own business, a lot of my work was done from home, but I would travel to visit clients and so on. And of course, that then changed in the pandemic where we started doing a lot more online meetings and so on. But to me, it was a very natural progression. It was, yeah, I've got got this covered. How can people who haven't had that experience and haven't sort of gone through that process, and this is something that evolved over you know, 15, 20 years, um, how can they start to approach um, this idea of the changing work environment and working more from home and using tools to connect remotely with people? Mm. I think a lot of people, those who could have worked from home the last two years um, or from their car or garage or some people have even been sitting in front of Starbucks, right? Because they could get Wi-Fi and internet mm. from there. So so people have certainly been challenged. Um, students, right, had to study from home. And when four, five, six people in the same apartment are using the Wi-Fi, we realized also that the world is incredible unfair. Because if you don't have software, hardware, and Wi-Fi, or just internet as such, you really, mm. you really take a leap backward, right? So the inequality really... I think Shane shined through very much indeed. I'm in Silicon Valley, so I'm ridiculously spoiled with everything you can imagine of devices and, and stuff. So, and the kids too. Working from home is not a new phenomenon, right? I mean, women have been working from home as long as mm. we can remember. We just yeah. don't consider it as work. Don't consider it. Um, yeah, it's not employed. employed it's not employed, but they should, yeah, they should be paid for it. And, um, so, and what's really worrisome is that a lot of women have worked ridiculously hard, but they have actually been hit the most by the pandemic. And so we see this huge gap right now where women are taking a leap backwards and men are, I don't know, getting promoted, I guess. But I think I will never return full-time to an office, Jürgen, never. I have no zero interest ever, even as a CEO. My teams is my team is distributed and online only. When we look for people, we say we're online only, right? 
so that people know that it's not an office. Hmm. Um, I have actually, I'm very vocal when I hire people and I keep saying hiring people, we're only 11. So it's not like 3000 people. I understand. So we don't have an HR department and all that fancy things yet. But, um, I do actually make quite an effort asking people. I was interviewing a young engineer not too long ago and I asked him, so can you walk me through your daily procedures and habits and structures for securing that you feel great about working remotely? Like, can, do you enjoy working like this? Because you can be honest. Some people love, love working from mm. home. And for some people, this is an absolute disaster. If you're a hyper extrovert, if you get a lot of energy from being with folks, then working from home is a disaster. And you might think that everyone knows whether they're an introvert or extrovert and to what degree. No. No, 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 they don't. So the pandemic really also highlighted that some people are really thriving and some people are really miserable and lonely and get depressed. So I think we all, back to your question, I think you should sit down and ask yourself honestly, what is the best way for me to work? And if you, if you, again, back to your life design, there's a work design as well. So what I do, what really works for me is I'm actually a, a relatively extrovert person. But I really like sitting by myself and get things done. And I love online meetings. I love them. Though I also need to see people. So what I do is I take one lunch maybe a week, one dinner, something like that with, with people I work with or partners or colleagues or team members. And then we socialize, right? And we have a great time. That fuels me for an, an entire week to be online. My CO is a super introvert doesn't need to see anyone for three or four months in a row, <laughs> would not need to go for lunch, don't need to meet people in person, just want to work. And some people really need to be in an office or maybe not in an office, but need to be in a third office. That means a cafeteria or restaurant or cafe mm. or whatever, where they can sit and get their boss and the feeling and the scenery that makes them focus and concentrate better. So for you to prepare, because your, your company might very well be asking you right now, do you want to come back full-time to the office? Do you want to be remote only? Or do you want to be hybrid? Depending on what you choose, it has a direct consequence for how you work and how you feel. So the le at least you should be honest with yourself. What is not, necessary, not necessarily the smart decision, but what is the best decision? Because if you choose a decision that is not good for you, you will not perform. So you have to be honest with yourself, the tr like completely honest with yourself. How do I work best? And um, and then, like yourself, you said you have routines and discipline and you're probably very well organized. I mean, just for you that listens in, you know, when you do a podcast with Jürgen, there's absolutely everything is in order. You know everything. Long time before, you get invites and reminders. It's beautiful. So you're, pretty, you're a pretty structured person, meaning that self-discipline and motivation and structure is not a problem for you. But if you're a little messy, not so structured, you know, all these things, it might be hard to to stay motivated regardless of how much you love your work and how much you want to work with your colleagues. It can be very hard. So be honest with yourself is probably my, my, my short answer. Hmm. Yeah, and again, coming back to earlier, looking at what does success mean to you? What are my values? What are my goals? And really um, digging into that, that self-awareness piece. Yes. 
All right, well, let's switch gears for a few moments and talk about Happio. So what is Happio and how does it play into this future of work? So we are helping you to prepare for any meeting in seconds. So you will never again be in a meeting, either as host or participant, without knowing why you're invited, what is the objective of the meeting, and um, if you need to prepare something for the meeting, Happio will help you prepare and let people know that you are prepared, you have read it, you have seen it. Um, and then also, if you discuss something in the meeting, we will keep track of everything. You don't have to remember to send Jürgen something on Tuesday. We will remember that for you. And if you decide something that is a decision, we also lock that in our logbook, if you like, so that you don't have to argue down the road whether you decided this or not. And also, we make sure that everyone who was in the meeting or was not in the meeting are firmly informed about who was in the meeting, what was decided, and what is next step. Sounds like an easy software. But since we're working with very large enterprises, cybersecurity becomes a matter, right? And you have to do a lot of safety measures to make sure that no one can hack this information. So I like to think that I can free up people's time with four hours a week, simply by optimizing workflows. Hmm. That's fascinating. And and how does it work? Does, do you, is there a lot of um, AI involved in, in the technology that helps kind of save time and, and prepare all these things that are needed up front and remind people of what happens afterwards? I mean... <laughs> People spend many, many hours not necessarily preparing because people show up, they wing it, you know, <laughs> but they forget a lot, hmm. right? If you have three meetings in a row, if you have seven meetings, some people have even 11 meetings in a row, right? Yeah. They don't remember much from those meetings. So things just don't get done or they simply sit day in, day out without actually deciding anything. So... Yeah, we, we like to, we like to think that we help people being accountable, help them do things they promise others. And on the other hand, the, the reward is that you come out, you, you stand out as a really organized, perfect host, you know, because you make people feel great and there's, and if everything is in order. And not that many people are that structured, you know, so we help them feel like champions at work. That's like, mm. that's how we like to think it. Hmm. Bringing structure to meetings that often don't have structure. Yeah, yeah. And most meet most meetings have an agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we open the meeting. We discuss. Someone makes notes. Maybe it's being recorded. Maybe. But in the end of the day, eighty percent of those meetings, maybe that number is a little high, but eighty percent of those meetings could probably have been an email, even right. Hmm. So we help people think more about how they spend their times with others, and we also have designed some features that makes it possible for people to stay on top of things, even though they're not there or not in the meeting, which is today not something the market has really recognized. Yeah, so ideal for remote meetings as well. You also like it, right? Mm. Sounds sounds really valuable for any meeting and follow-ups and actions and preparation. Yeah, and I think, again, back to your point, right? The thing is, 
you and I might very well know how to run good meetings, but if you work in a very big organization and you're not a CEO, declining meetings, ask for more information about me, like that's hard. That's a lot of work. And so you end up spending days in meetings and nothing comes out of it. Mm. But meetings are just really one side of the coin because I think over time, Happier will be able to help you understand your stress levels, your attention span, help you detect if you're even bored at work and not challenged anymore. And we can start maybe detecting burnout long before you even know that you're burned out. Mm, that's fascinating. So it's the, the meetings is just the first application. Oh, it's just the first step. Into, no, it's yeah. just the, <laughs> we are much more ambitious than that. And we work with really ambitious companies who see Using Happio could be or is a way for them to signal to younger employees that they are future looking, taking care of the, of the people working for them. Because I think in many ways, right, companies today need to recruit talent and minimize turnover. And because people can now work anywhere from anywhere. So you don't have to work in the, in way in the city you live. So long story short, companies will need to prove that they take care of their employees. Not only that, Jürgen, if you go in the boardroom, ESGs, you know, people, companies now have to report on how they make sure that people are, you know, taken care of and report on these things. And I like asking CEOs, I like asking them, so you say that your core value in your company is inclusion, for instance, right? That's a value that very often go through. Are your meetings inclusive? <laughs> and then they usually say, I don't know. And I said, shouldn't you know? And then they say, but I was not in the room. And I'm like, you don't have to be in the room to know that, do you? So that's usually, you know, how I find out that this is an opportunity for us to work with them. And we do very well in, in regards to, to, to sign on early testers. We have not yet met a company who did not want to work with us. So I think that as a, I'm not saying we will succeed because there's many things that can kill Happio, uh, but I'm confident that we're building something the market really wants because we are working and developing the products with clients very closely. That's how you build mm. good software. That is by actually testing, if yeah. not daily, then at least weekly all your features. Mm. Mm. Working closely. So it's just kind of the, the, um, lean methodology and agile all wrapped up together yeah i'm fascinated to um see it when it's ready uh, <clears throat> me too me too yeah all right well thanks for the conversation so far salema i um, think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz which is our innovation round it's the same five questions that i ask of each guest and the idea is you'll give us an inspiring answer, inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result today. Ooh, now I get nervous, Jürgen. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, as shouldn't be stress-inducing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Um, you, should, um, you should stop doing what you do. I mean, you should do things you normally don't do. So if you go one way with a dog around the, the block, you should go the other direction the day after. Very simple. Stop doing things the same way over and over again. Stop routines and think, because that immediately inspires you to think differently. Hmm. I, have an, I have a friend who says you should just do a, um, um, you should um, turn yourself upside down once a day just for a few yeah. minutes and see, th 
She says that's an incredible for innovation. So I haven't done that, but I think it's a good advice. It's cheap yeah. also. You can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So turn yourself upside down or, or yeah. just vary the routines. Yeah. yeah. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Mm, talk to people that I don't know and just sit with people. Just really sit and talk to people that I don't know or have nothing in common with. Makes me get new perspectives. So, yeah, just talk to people. Mm. Which I imagine as an introvert is not not something that comes naturally. Mm, that's not true. You can just... So, another thing is that I do that is also very, in, in you know, inexpensive. That is sometimes I just go to my... Um, you know, Spotify, and I listen to Top 20 South Africa, right? Or I listen to a podcast I don't know anything about or have no interest in or whatever, and then I listen to that. That's a really f- great way to listen to people's conversation, people you would not meet or don't want to meet or don't have the opportunity to meet. Again, inexpensive. You can do that at home while you're cooking your favorite food. You know, new perspectives on life is very important. Remember, I might very well think that I live the way, the right way, a, a way that everyone should live their lives. But you and I know that's wrong, right? Mm. So I'm so biased in my own views on everything. So just knowing that the way I do things is just one way to do it makes you humble. And and you should be interested in understanding other people's views. And since the, the world is so divided now, politics and religion and whatnot, you should really listen to the other views as well. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But um, I lived in Texas for two years. I don't know, Jürgen, if you knew that. But we moved to Texas without ever being there before, ever. We just moved <laughs> with two kids and everything and moved moved to Austin. And that was the first time I, I even met Trump. Not to say anything about Trump, that's fine. But I met folks politically, uh, in politics and stuff that I had no idea was even around. And I learned so much. They didn't convert me, though. But I'm saying, don't be afraid of talking to people who you disagree mm. with. I think it's a... That's a that's not that's not how things should be. Mm, yeah, and and also there's there's opportunities I think there for finding common ground, even though you can still continue to disagree on on areas that you disagree on. But what is it that most people want? They want uh, a meaningful job, right? Mm. Positive relationships, a dignified job, safety, and st- you know, even despite that we have different stands in life, most people want the same same things. In life, hmm. it's just how they imagine getting there. We we don't agree on the way there, <laughs> but <laughs> most people want the same things in life. It's not that complicated. We want we everyone wants pretty much the same things. Hmm. All right, fantastic. Now, what's a favorite resource that you use most often? Resource. My favorite resource can be anything, right? You can, can even be, be an app or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God, what would that be? Oh, can I be honest? I think it's my cell phone. Is that, is that, is that lousy? That's, that's fine. (laughs) It almost grows out of my arm. I sit with it all the time. (laughs) I'm very embarrassed about it. I'm tracking my screen time though, but my phone, my phone is one of the things that I really use a lot too much, but it also gives me back to my values, my freedom. I can walk and have a meeting. I can email Mm. on the go and so I kind of like my, my phone, I'm sorry to say, but I like my phone a lot. <laughs> yes, pretty, ama- pretty amazing some of the technology these days, isn't it? We have this computer that's the size of our hand 
pretty much and more powerful than than um, computers that took up um, a massive warehouse in in the days when I started learning about computers. Oh, and it's going to be even faster and even mm. tinier and oh, we almost don't, we cannot almost not even imagine how it's going to be in five years from now. For sure, we're not going to run around with these devices. These are so old school. So, mm. yeah. All right. What's the best way to keep a client on track or a project on track? Oh, yeah. You should really make sure that you stay engaged, you know. Meet the people, stay, send updates, meet them. A relationship needs to be nurtured. So make sure that you have a full cycle of when you do what with your client, you know, and follow. Yeah, follow that. I mean, I have like cycles on each of my clients. I know exactly when I should email them, send a request for a meeting, send something to them or whatever. I'm very, very, very rigid about my relationship with my clients. I don't take them from granted. And I, just like if you date someone, right? You, you don't date someone and then you don't call her for three months, right? You can't expect her to come back and don't have got a new boyfriend or whatever, right? Of course she has. So just like dating, make sure you are around. Hmm. <laughs> yes, great analogy. All right, finally, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? <clears throat> uh, differentiate themselves? I think um, be authentic because we are all unique. We're very unique. Hmm. Each one of us is very unique. So if you dare to be just you, you can differentiate yourself. Um, but some of us don't think we are enough, right? We, we don't think. We think we have to be more than we are. And that, then we come across as fake or not authentic. And then people, then people have their BS filter alerted and then they don't trust you. And then they end up doing, doing, doing business with you. So the best thing to differentiate yourself from others is to actually be truly unique, which you already are, meaning you should just be yourself. Hmm. Yes. And it's too, it, almost too simple an advice, it, right? It's it just is, too yeah. simple. It, but the hard, the hard part is the, Having, doing all that work on the self-awareness piece, right? And knowing what are my values, what are my objectives, and it's okay to be me as I get there or as I live that. Yeah, and just, you know, like yourself and be proud of yourself and don't compare and don't compete with others. Hmm. I know it sounds very easy, but it's so difficult, but you shouldn't. And just pay attention to how you feel. Whatever you see, watch, re whatever you watch, read, or listen to, what does it do to you? If you surround yourself with suffering and, you know, things all the time, you start thinking that's how the world is. You, you should really walk out in life and trust that life is good and that most people are good people. Hmm. Good I know it message. can be difficult sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I think you should, you know, life is wonderful. Every morning hmm. I wake up, I say to myself, oh my goodness. I'm alive. It's a new yeah. day. <laughs> it's better than the alternative, <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, thanks. Jürgen, so every, much. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was my pleasure. I hope that yeah, all the advice I gave today was inexpensive, easy to implement, and you don't need any, you don't need any tools to do it. You can just do it. Yeah, that's right. Now, where can people find out more about the work you do, about Happio, and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you shared today? Oh, that would be kind. So Sulaima Gorani is a pretty unique name. I'm the mm. only one in the world with that name. So I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. Jürgen, 
I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll so post reach some, out and yeah. We'll post My some of those links in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So, do you have some parting advice, Salima, for our listeners today? Parting advice? Hmm. What is you? What is parting advice? <laughs> Just as we part. <laughs> oh, as part. We part oh, company yeah. Today. Oh, parting advice. Um, so I would say be thankful, right? I mean, that's very important. I want to thank you, Jürgen, for letting me share my story. I think you have built an amazing platform for having good, solid, humanized conversations. Uh, you're very reflective and you ask great questions. So the way I want to part with you today is by showing you and telling you how thankful I am. I do not take this podcast for granted. I'm deeply honored to be asked to be here. Thank you, Neil. Uh, how many people get asked to sit here for a full hour, talk about themselves and their life? That's pretty unique. So thank you for providing the platform. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and, and learn more about your life, your work, and about Happy O as well. So do you have someone else in mind who I should bring on the Nova Buzz podcast. Oh, I have many, Jürgen, many. I have a full list. So if it's okay with you, I would like to send you a list, at least of five, six names of people Absolutely. I think you should invite. Excellent. That's fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Salema. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I really um, love love your work and your approach, and I look forward to seeing Happio in action as it um, becomes live. I know it's in alpha right now, right? Um so very early testing stage, but yeah. this has it's been alpha, but a f- yeah, this has been fascinating, fascinating conversation. Really enjoyed it. So thanks again, and please do stay in touch. Thank you, Jürgen. Likewise, and thank you. If there's anything I can do to help you, please let me know. I would love to, to, and of course I will share um, this podcast and send a solid list over with exciting people that I would love to listen to. So. Um, Yeah, I will do that. Thank you, Jürgen. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that insightful and really engaging conversation with Solaima and took something away from her episode. Ask yourself now, how do I want to live my life? What does success mean for me? What does a good life mean? What about listing your core values? What are the four or five things that matter most to you? I invite you to write them down and use this list to evaluate critical decisions that you make. Salema's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Solema Gurani. That is S-O-U-L-A-I-M-A-G-O-U-R-A-N-I. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Solema Gurani. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Solema, as well as links to her website, to the Happio website, to Solema's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. Now, if you've listened this far into the show, you know the drill, the challenge. If you love this conversation, and who wouldn't love this conversation? It was so wonderful. 
and you think it would be useful to one other person, be brave enough. Go on, do it now. You know you want to. Share the conversation with that one other person. And then, after you've done that, go find another one in the over 500 that we've published up until right now. Pick your favourite number or take a 30-second glance through the past episodes. Then, listen to one more before we publish another episode. Write me a note on LinkedIn. Tell me which one you chose, why you chose it, what your biggest takeaway was, and most importantly, what was the action you took as a result Salema suggested we have a conversation with Ronit Avni, founder and CEO of Localized, with Tamer Macari, founder of Ethica Partners, and with Michelle Wooker, founder of Grey Rhino and Company, on future Innova Buzz podcast episodes. So Ronit, Tamer, and Michelle, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation that'll come from us to the Innova Buzz podcast courtesy of Solema Gurani. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.